This is Stability, financial talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell from Stability Partners. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gene and Brian provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Stability Financial Talk with Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell. Hello and welcome back to Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. My name is Gene Casagrande. And I'm Brian Powell from Stability Partners. So today we're going to talk about life insurance. Yay. Yeah. So if you want more information about what you hear during the show today, feel free to give us a call as always at 832-559-8393. Or go to our website, stabilityfinancialtalk.com to check out our past shows. And you can also subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. So if you um, have any questions about any of these, just give us a call to meet with us face-to-face or over the phone. Happy to do that. So, so Brian, for millions of people, life insurance is really a tool that will allow family members, you know, to, to pay bills, um, go to college, or even support a family business, right, if the insured passes away. And ultimately, the thinking here is that if you're the beneficiary on a life insurance policy, you really have some degree of protection for your financial future. And life insurance is one of those topics that people know at least a little bit about from uh, at least a high level. Because when a person dies, their beneficiary receive a financial payout. Tax-free. Yeah, pretty straight. We'll we'll talk about that. But this is simple enough. But uh, there's a lot more pieces to it. And so if you dig below the surface a little bit, you'll see that it's a little more complicated. So let's start with an easy part about what happens when you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy. Sure. Well, the first thing a beneficiary really needs to know is that they don't typically need an actual physical copy of the life insurance policy in order to make a claim. So this is really and especially it's an important point because after someone you care about has passed away, the really the last thing you need to stress about is tracking down the actual life insurance paperwork, right? So because, you know, many people purchase a life insurance policy years um, before they pass away, which just, of course, increases the likelihood of a policy getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I'm really good at losing things, so I can see that happening. But but if you're the beneficiary of a, a life insurance policy, you you really just need to know the name of the in life insurance company and uh, who owned the policy. And then from there, you can reach out and inform them that the policy holder has died and then they'll provide you with a claim form. And so that, that was a good piece to start out with. So um, I really thought that a beneficiary would have to have the, the paper policy until um, recently when my dad passed away. We found out that it's not as arduous to um, claim all this. Right, right. And while, while you won't need the actual policy to file a claim, you will need the, to provide the life insurance company with actually a certified copy of the policyholder's death certificate. So once you have the claim form, you just attach that death certificate to it. And then from there, you'll, you'll be ready to submit the necessary paperwork to make your claim. And in my experience with this, the, the 
funeral home or the other people making the uh, the arrangements for the funeral, um, part of their process is to get the uh, certified copies of the death certificate on your behalf. So it makes it a little bit easier. Right. Just be sure to get a bunch of them. Don't just get one. You know, it's better to have too many because a lot of places want an actual physical certified copy of the certificate. Another thing our listeners should bear in mind is that a life insurance death benefit is typically tax-free, which is good. And so life insurance benefits that are tax-free for the designated beneficiary, no matter no matter how large the payout is, yeah. really, right? And so, so, and you don't have to report life insurance proceeds as income unless the policy was transferred to you for cash or other valuable consideration, meaning you really transformed it from being life insurance. Right, but those standards don't apply to most beneficiaries um, of other products or investments, right? Yeah, like an annuity or something. But right. I think for a lot of people, the idea of tax-free distributions is one of the things that makes life insurance a key part of their overall financial strategy. And it considers income for both retirement and the legacy you leave behind. Right. And and another factor that people should be aware of is they may not get the full policy face amount. So as you can probably guess, a policy's face amount is just simply the number that's stated on the application. So a million dollars, for example. But that face amount may not be the full death benefit available to the beneficiaries well, that, after that person passed how's away. That possible if it's a million dollar policy? Well, some policies have um, a cash value feature. And then so if the policy owner took withdrawals against the cash value or loans that weren't paid back, then the life insurance company will reduce the payout amount accordingly. Okay. Well, that that would definitely catch people's attention on that. Can you give me an example of, of how that would work? Sure. Well, let's say a policy had a face value of a million dollars, but the policy owner took a $50,000 loan from their cash value and they didn't pay it back before they passed away. Well, then the life insurance payout would be reduced accordingly by $50,000 plus any loan interest. And since a beneficiary may not even know about the policy, let alone the policy owner's actions, this may come as a surprise to some people. Right? Well, a lot of that's kept really private. And it's like a company will only pay the people lift, listed as, as the beneficiaries. That's right. And simply put, a life insurance policy is a type of a contract. And the insurance company is only bound to pay the beneficiaries who are listed on the policy. And it, it doesn't really matter if heirs or beneficiaries are named in a will or some other important document, the life insurance contract supersedes a will, supersedes all of them. Right, right. And so what that means in the end is a person argues that they deserve money from a life insurance policy and are going to file a claim. It's, It's really just meaningless unless they are specifically listed as beneficiary on the policy. Right. So if so, if you've say you bought a life insurance policy um, when you were young and um, first married. Right. And then maybe you had a change in that situation and you have a new spouse. Well, if you want the new spouse to be the beneficiary, you have to change that with the life insurance company. Yeah, that's the old notion of the ex-wife getting the life insurance payout. We've seen it. So so, anyway. Um, But I think the notion that the life insurance policy trumps what's in the will is really just critically important. And when it comes to contracts and documentation and things like that, our listeners also should know that if they're one of the beneficiaries of a life insurance policy, they don't have the right to know who the other beneficiaries are. Um, The life insurance contract, of course, dictates the payout percentages to each of the named beneficiaries. And accordingly, it's possible that after you file a claim, 
you'll find out you're just one of multiple beneficiaries. And of course, naturally, you're going to want to know who the other beneficiaries yeah, who are. Who got that money? Right. But the life insurance company has to keep that information private. So. Yeah. And along those same lines, if you aren't the policyholder, you aren't going to be able to find out uh, who the beneficiaries are of somebody else's policy. So, right. And it's kind of interesting because I'm sure a lot of people have tried to figure out who else is getting a piece of the payout, you know, but financial data is private for a good reason. That's exactly right. So along those same lines, it's possible you won't know if a policy um, in which you're the beneficiary has lapsed. Um, So if the policy owner stopped making payments and let that policy lapse, there may not be a payout to collect, right? So they don't tell the beneficiaries if if somebody's right. right. However, if the payment stopped recently, because maybe the policy owner was ill during the last several months of their lives, for example, you may be able to pay that back premium and then file your claim. So you should really talk to the insurance company on that. Right. So, so. But if you don't know you're a beneficiary, you know, one thing I hear people ask a lot of times, will the life insurance company try to find me? And it really just depends that because the life insurance company won't necessarily know that one of their customers has died uh, unless maybe the agent or someone has told them. So if you're a beneficiary, you need to let the company know that the policyholder has died if you're one of the um, one of the beneficiaries. Right. But under uh, in certain some states, uh, because insurance is regulated state by state, insurers are now obligated to routinely check for deaths of policyholders. And they'll typically do this by checking against uh, government databases of deaths and and other places that they record uh, deaths. Right. So a lot of people may be curious about how the actual payout works, right? Uh, Yeah. Do you get a check or do you get a big suitcase full of money dropped off at your house or something like that? Well, I I can say with absolute confidence that a briefcase full of cash will not be part of the equation. Suitcase Um, full, not a briefcase. Right. There you go. But, But you'll likely have choices when it comes to the payout. And so for many people, a lump sum payout is just really going to be the most attractive option. But many life insurance companies offer beneficiaries choices beyond that lump sum payout. So one common option is installment payments that are paid out in equal amounts during a set period of, you know, maybe five or 10 years. And so regular payments for the rest of your life is another frequent option. Much like it does oh, yeah. with an annuity, an right? Annuity, yeah. The insurance company offers regular payments for the rest of a beneficiary's life. But beware that once that beneficiary dies, those payments stop too, regardless of whether the original death amount has been paid in full or not. Yeah. So you could end up just getting one one month's worth of payout and then- yeah, uh, Probably then, not the best choice, yeah, right? Yeah. No, I wouldn't go that way for sure. Yeah. But one question people have is how long does it typically take to receive the payout? And once you've submitted the paperwork, which is your claim form, and of course, a copy of the certified death certificate, uh, your payout will should happen pretty quickly. And in some cases, the it could come in as little as a week. But a good rule of thumb to expect your money in is about 30 days. Right. So, so I thought we should maybe shift gears just a little bit okay. and focus on some of the pros and cons of purchasing life insurance and what buying life insurance can do for your overall financial strategy, right? So life insurance generally falls into two categories. We have permanent life insurance and term life insurance. So term life is sort of similar to auto insurance. You know, you pay a certain amount each month, and then if something bad happens during that term, 
you know, in this case, your death, um, a benefit is paid out. So if something bad doesn't happen during that agreed upon term, then you don't necessarily receive any benefit, right? But you were probably glad that you had something if something bad did happen, right? right? Well, you're not glad that that uh, something pays out if you're the owner. It's only if you're the beneficiary. Well, because so. you know you're protecting your yeah. your heirs, right, or so, people you care about. Um, and then, of course, permanent life insurance has a savings element and allows the policyholder to build cash value. And the cash value component may provide different ways to grow and you can borrow from this pool of money. But like we said earlier, it can also reduce the overall death benefit of it if you sure. have borrowed yep. from it. So definitely well, does. One of the things to, you should consider when it comes to permanent life insurance is that you get tax deferred growth, which means you don't have to pay taxes on any interest, dividends, capital gains, et cetera, on the cash value piece of the life insurance until you draw the proceeds. Now, certain tax benefits already exist with retirement accounts like 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, et cetera. But if you're making contributions to those kinds of accounts and and, uh, they're maxed out, you may want to consider some permanent life insurance options as a saving vehicle. Right. And one key difference here is that um, money in your retirement accounts grows tax deferred, right? But money inside a life insurance policy grows tax free as long as you keep that policy in force, right? Yeah. So Okay. So um, let's talk about um, ownership requirements, right? You can keep most policies through the age of 120, as long as you're keeping up the paying the premiums. Yeah, so, sometimes it'll pay out even at a, my, my dad had one that paid out uh, when he turned 96 and then all of a sudden it paid out. So he lived to be right. That was an older old. policy yeah. though. So but, most of the newer policies um, will cover you through age one, 120 now, as long as you're, you know, paying the premiums. Yeah, you got to pay the premiums. Right. So therefore really permanent life insurance is um, sometimes recommended over term insurance because you don't lose coverage after a set number of years. But a term policy ends when you reach the end of that term, which for many people is sometime maybe in their 60s. But if you live to be 100 or 120, you know, you have to think, are you really going to need a death benefit? So in many cases, the people you originally bought the policy to protect, your spouse, your children, for example, They'll either be self-sufficient or uh, <laughs> they'll be dead too. Maybe. <laughs> um, so you know, if you anticipate that people will be financially still dependent on you beyond the the common length of a term policy, then certainly a permanent policy might have some appeal for you. Yeah, and thinking of, of insurance in general, it's how much does it cost to replace you. So exactly. So another thing about permanent life insurance that some people find to be a positive is that you, again, as we talked about a couple of times, you can borrow against the policy's cash value. And so, you know, on the other hand, you if you put money into a 401k or a similar product and want to take out money for something other than retirement, you may have to pay penalties, but you can borrow uh, against your cash value in a permanent policy. Very easily, that's but right. But it may not be wise to dip into um, any of this for anything other than your actual retirement or, or death benefit. And additionally, when you borrow money from your permanent life insurance, uh, that money you borrow will accrue um, interest until it's repaid. Now right. you're borrowing it from yourself, so, but still it, it, it will overall reduce the death benefit right, if, right. if you borrow that. So, so 
let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of term life insurance. You know, this. The- Absolutely. We, that, that term is very um, important and, and very common. A lot of people have term life insurance. So when you buy a term life policy, your premiums go to really secure a death benefit for your beneficiaries. Term life insurance, unlike permanent, doesn't have any cash value. So therefore, it doesn't have any investment component. And if you're still alive when your term ends, the policy lapses, and then you and your beneficiaries don't receive any money. Yep. Term is just for a term. It's not, it doesn't build any value. It's important to remember that when it comes to term life insurance, you're paying a fairly small premium for uh knowing that you're covered should you die and the people that you love and care about will receive a potentially sizable death benefit uh, from that term. So right. so let's talk a little bit how uh, term life insurance would work. Right. So well, just to give you an example, a, a non-smoking 30-year-old female who's in excellent health might be able to get a 20-year policy with a million-dollar death benefit and only have to pay about $480 a year. So let's say that person passed away um, at age 40, right? After paying 10 years of premiums, the beneficiary would get $1 million tax-free, even though she only paid cumulatively $4,800 in premium, right? Yeah, and a term, well, it can be a, a excellent asset should your beneficiaries ever have to use it. Of course, of course. if you hope you're in the majority group of beneficiaries that will never have to file a claim on term insurance. And and it may have a negative return on your investment, at least in financial terms like that. But it's really about sleep at night and peace of mind and right. replacing it, you in the family. What the, what's the cost of replacing you in the family? Exactly. Right. So, so, so but uh, um, it's... It, Let's talk about permanent life insurance, right? We just talked okay. about term. Yeah. So so kind of shifting gears to what permanent life insurance is. Um, well, that same example, that same 30-year-old um, healthy non-smoking female, if she purchased a million-dollar whole life policy, well, instead of $480 in annual premium, she'd be paying a little over $9,000 in yeah, annual pre- premium, that's a right? That's big difference. So it, it, it is. Um, but her permanent policy will build cash value, right? And and you you have a lot of flexibility in these permanent policies and how much you're going to fund. Um, you can overfund them. Uh, you can let this cash value grow and then take loans against it. It, it does and, give you a lot of flexibility. And when you do take the loan from it, you're, t- you're basically borrowing from yourself. So you don't have to pay it back. And all you, you do it with the understanding that it's reducing the death benefit on there. So some people actually will use um, a permanent policy as a savings vehicle and are really aren't that concerned about the death benefit on it. Yeah, we have a lot of um, clients who have maxed out their contributions to their company-sponsored 401k plan, and yet they still want some additional um, tax advantage savings. So in that instance, we may design a permanent policy where we minimize the death benefit and then we maximize the contribution because that way you're getting more of that money growing tax free as long as you keep the policy in force. But one thing to remember about term, or excuse me, about permanent policies is that you have to keep making the premium uh, on there until. But, but there is some flexibility. Until because, they get self-sustaining. Right, right. Because if you want to miss a, a payment, um, you can have that, the cost of insurance paid out of the cash value. 
So yeah, so it can sustain itself after a while, but right. it can also eat itself to nothing. So right. you've got to keep an eye on them. So, but if you have any questions about how life insurance fits into your financial strategy, just give us a call and we can review the any existing policies and make sure you still have the best one for you. Um, and we've we've seen several situations where in reviewing life insurance policies, um, we've been able to replace current policies with ones that are either cheaper in premium or for the same cost, extending the duration. The term. Yeah. So that's why whenever you get life insurance, you shouldn't just get it and then forget about it. You should have it reviewed by someone on a regular basis just to make sure it's the best policy for you at the time. Absolutely. So, so visit our website at stabilitypartners.com or call us here at the office at 832-559-8393. And we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. On life insurance or anything else. So and this concludes now another episode of Stability Financial Talk with Gene and Brian. My name is Gene Casagrande. And I'm Brian Powell. And take care and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Stability Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Gene Casagrande and Brian Powell at Stability Partners. Call 832 832- Five five nine eight three nine three, or visit them online at stabilitypartners.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. Insurance services and products are offered through Stability Partners LLC and affiliated companies. Stability Partners LLC and Stability Partners Advisory Group LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.